Hi guys, welcome to the Office Podcast. My name is Gaya and I know my voice is not the voice you normally hear when the podcast um, normally starts, but this one is a bit of a special episode. Today we focus a lot on labor law and we chat to Natasha Modi, who's going to give us guidance, um, both as an employee, also as an employer, on how to deal with issues such as retrenchments and pay cuts during the lockdown. CCMA has received about 28,000 cases during um, the lockdown and obviously unions have also showed some or expressed some concerns about whether or not the CCMA will be able to handle all these cases. It's hard to tell right now we're living in a time of so much uncertainty but we hope the episode will give you some guidance and also as a business owner are you following the correct procedures um, in you know implementing things such as section 189. Um, I want to hand over to Lelo and Lighten to continue the conversation with Natasha. But if you want to um, send us an email, please feel free to send us an email at asktheoffice@gmail.com, or you can also tweet us or send us a message or follow us on social media using the handles Office Podcast SA, both on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to use the hashtag, please use hashtag the Office Podcast. And now I hand over to Lelo and Lighten as they chat to Natasha. Hello, Natasha. Welcome to the Office Podcast. Thank you, Lela. Great to be here. So, um, it's, it's, this is a very interesting one because we're doing the interview, uh, you know, uh, digitally over Zoom because of social distancing. We're being responsible citizens. So, <laughs> I'm with my colleague, Lighten. Hi, Lighten. Hello, Lela. Hi, Natasha. Pleasure to have you. So, just tell us a bit about your business and, and you. What do you do? and uh, the services that you provide? Lelo, I am a, a labor law practitioner. Um, so I'm an attorney, not an advocate. Um, I also um, uh, practice part-time as a commissioner at the CCMA. I have been an acting judge before. Um, and um, I, I do presentations on various topics of law. So uh, tonight's topic, retrenchment, social media, and sexual harassment, um, and workplace bullying. Wow, even workplace bullying as well. We actually, this is a, this is a, this is a topic that we actually have not spoken about, Light, and I think that's a topic for another episode, workplace yes. bullying. Because I think <laughs> People tend to confuse workplace bullying with, um, discrimination. Um, it may be harassment, but um, discrimination has to fall within listed grounds um, or property discrimination on an immutable ground. So, um, and a lot of people try and seek out the assistance of the CCMA and aren't able to get um, assistance because it's not discriminate, not discrimination in terms of the Employment Equity Act. Mm. So I think I think I mean in referring uh, cases to the CCMA, uh, people really have to just read up on 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 the different categories and on the different uh, things that they can refer there rather than just sending. But um, today we are talking about retrenchments, um, COVID nineteen yes. impacted so many companies, and I think what has been particularly shocking is that 
I expected that it would be more the small, you know, businesses that 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 suffer. But what we've been seeing is even 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 big organizations also, you know, talking about the stress, the the, the strain that they've been experiencing as a result of the the COVID nineteen lockdown. So the first thing that 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 comes up is we've been seeing and hearing a lot of companies talking about, you know, section 189 retrenchments and some have been saying salary cuts just because, you know, the, because of the financial strain. So for, for, for businesses that, that are feeling uh, the pressure right now and are considering uh, to retrench some of the, the employees, some of the workers to kind of alleviate uh, that pressure, where do they start? What's the first, what's the first thing? Can they just wake up and say, okay, I can't deal now. I'm going to issue letters to half of my, of my staff members that uh, we are retrenching them. What is the correct process for a business to follow in this instance? Okay, the thing about small-scale retrenchments, we're not talking about large-scale retrenchments, where, which you find in Section 189, Capital A of the Labor Relations Act, firstly. Your retrenchment uh, section in the Labor Relations Act is Section 189 of the Labor Relations Act, and it is a good um, section written in clear and succinct language. And the first thing it states is, when you contemplate, you must tell your staff. So you can't contemplate, and for months and months and months, hold it in, hold it in, hold it in, okay? Um, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, you then are looking at retrenchment. Mm. Retrenchment sometimes comes after a process of, in terms of COVID-19, layoff or short time, where you ask your employees to please stay at home um, and only come uh, at certain, certain days of the week, mm. or you ask your employees to... Uh, work maybe four hours a day as opposed to your nine-hour day with your lunch. Um, this is in a way to try and mitigate um, the adverse effects that COVID-19 has had on the shutdown. You're not producing as much as you should have. Um, people are not buying in terms of there's no demand. Um, and so you have had to um, make certain allocations to your employees so that they you don't go bankrupt mm -hmm. it is when it, it is when you see that there needs to be a shift a fundamental shift in the way that you operate that's why we sometimes call retrenchment operational um, restructuring mm -hmm. or a shift in terms of uh, the finances or your your new broom your new ceo has come in and wants to try a different leadership structure or a different way in which they want to handle mm. um, the processes. Mm. Also, remember that in, in um, retrenchment, we often hear the word redundant. Your, mm. your position is redundant. Yes. Um, and this happens when there are um, uh, computers, machinery that can do the job that you can do. Mm. And that can do the job 24-7 and don't need a machinist um, to to do the job or need a specialist machinist um, and you can then ask your, your company if you can upskill to that specialization and um, to try and keep your job so very important if you're an employer as soon as you contemplate that there may be some fallout 
you might have you might be too too fat in in your structure yeah. that you need to go to the section 189 and you need to start to um, try and communicate and consult and negotiate with your staff. This is a no-fault dismissal, Lelo. Mm. So, you know, unlike misconduct, unlike comments where, um, where the particular employee is not doing the best job that they can do, mm. or the, that employee has been caught with their hand in the cookie jar, that's not the case. This is not your fault, mm. all right? And so there's a specific process that one must undertake in order to ensure that um, that uh, we reach consensus yeah. on the dismissal. One of them is to your employees. That's the first step. Look at your, your employees and, 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 and you will know, does that employee um, belong to a trade union? Because there are belong to a trade union, I cannot only speak to that employee. I must speak to um, the trade union representative on behalf of those employees, okay? There's just been a famous um, constitutional court, well, all constitutional court uh, cases are famous, um, but the constitutional court has um, uh, just come out with a judgment where it said that a majority union can actually dictate the terms to the minor unions, and that is perfectly acceptable in our law. I know it seems unfair, but until such time as the law changes, um, employees need to know that. Mm. Employees can also be represented by a, um, an attorney. You know, I've had some employers say, oh, no, they're not allowed outside um, external representatives. Actually, they are. Because yeah. the, the Section 189 doesn't define who should represent the employee. So it can be your mother, your brother who's studying... Uh, 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 law at varsity, anybody whom you trust to be your your voice, your your spokesperson. So that is really the start. Um, wow, it, it 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 is quite a a process. So it's not an overnight uh, process as well. It sounds like it does take a bit of time before you can get to to that part where uh, you now pay out those severance packages. So just um, one other question on the consultation piece. So you consult and then what is the expectation of, of the, besides the fact that you tell them, can they change the business uh, and well, the, the business's decision in terms of you wanting to go the retrenchment route or is it a consultation because you are asking them for alternatives for you to avoid that um, retrenchment. And this is in case where we are saying we're retrenching uh, due to financial um, reasons. Yeah, that's an excellent question because I can envisage a lot of employees uh, um, wanting to um, have this unpacked for them. Yeah. Once the employer has come, kind of, there may be some form of retrenchment who has to um, come to you and it, it normally gives you a letter in terms of section 189 in brackets three of the Labor Relations Act. And that sets out um, the reason why they want to retrench. Now, in terms of the reason, um, you cannot turn around and say, oh, COVID-19, 
so terribly sorry. That's unacceptable. You need to give a proper substantive reason as to why these um, employees will lose their jobs. Yes, COVID-19 may be the start of the reason, mm. but then you can turn around and, and, and say, well, in COVID-19, we had X amount in our bank accounts. Um, because we paid out salaries, that then reduced and there was no income coming in. We didn't generate sufficient income to pay you again for the next month and, and further. Mm. Um, and, and if you are unfortunately in the hotel industry or a restaurant, um, mm. and I've just heard that the, the hairdressing um, uh, council was um, uh, not able to be, they weren't successful in their court application today um, in Cape Town. You know, once you get, once you say, look, we tried, we really tried, we ran a court case and the judges said, no, we cannot open, we have to wait. Mm. Um, and this has eaten up all our, our money. Mm. Here, here's our bank accounts. Here's what we have left. Mm. Um, um, unfortunately, there is, there is um, due to the financial um, impact of COVID-19, this is, we are going to have to um, find alternatives or retrench you. Mm. Sure. Okay. So now if, uh, let's say that there's an agreement now to say, okay, let's, let's not retrench yet. Maybe then let's consider salary cuts for specific people. What then is the, is, is, is the organization or the employer uh, supposed to do? Can they determine... They, they, they run the numbers and determine, okay, let's rather cut people's salaries or these people's salaries by whatever percentage, or is that something that also needs, that they still need to go and consult with? Because I think they would have consulted about the fact that we are intending to, uh, you know, follow a Section 189 process. As a result of the consultations and the suggestions that came, that came out of it, the employer said, okay, cool, the one that we want to go with is salary cuts. Do they still need to go back and negotiate what percentage they are cutting, or can they just run the numbers and say, based on what we, uh, you know, predicted or uh, looked at, this is, this is what we are proposing as an alternative. All right, that's again phenomenal question because sometimes the the uh, the employer comes to you and says, as an alternative to you being dismissed, we would like to cut your salary. So we'd like you to continue working seven days a week, five days a week, um, but we can't pay you for the amount of work that you're putting in. Yeah. It is then up to you to say, actually, I can't, I can't agree to that. I'm terribly sorry. A 20% reduction in my pay means that one of my children have to stay at home. I can't send them back to school. Mm. They're writing matric grade 12 or they're writing grade 7 and they're due to be back to school um, uh, in June. And um, I, I can't afford now to... to to pay their, their school fees. And so the, the easy answer to your, to your brilliant question is this, that um, you as an employee always have the opportunity to say that alternative is not going to work for me and why. Mm -hmm. um, they, the employer also has the opportunity to say, look, this, is, this works for us and why. But in terms of, of cutting one's salary, 
that in law, in labor law, is deemed as a unilateral change to the terms and conditions of employment, and you cannot do it on you. There have been a lot of employers that are doing this. Um, and it's all, and, and I feel when they come to me and they say, well, this is what we're suggesting, I feel like their hands are tied their backs, and to a certain extent they are. But, but you cannot defy the law. The law is there. Yes, it's not COVID, it's not made for COVID-19, but it's there. Um, and, and there are employees that would rather take a cut than, than not um, have work. Um, and I think that employees need to remember that 20% of those who were working in South Africa, South Africa, and we have a very high unemployment rate, are now have now lost their jobs. So um, they are in the minority of South Africans who are, I see you sighing, I'm so sorry, but that's the reality. Yeah. And the reality is that, that you now have 20% more people who are unemployed. Um, and so the rate has got shot up to maybe 50, maybe even 60, 70% of people that are unemployed. We are all in this together. And I think that is the process that one must follow when we retrench. Help us help you help us. We are all in this together. Let's take this process as a as a great way of of becoming lean and mean, of a great way of of maybe looking at other alternatives that one can do. And and you're meant to do this in terms of the law. You're meant to have a consensus seeking consultation process where you sit down. Um, in the 300 odd retrenchments that I've done in my in my lifetime, I sometimes I've been sat down with um, the most um, phenomenal alternatives. They were almost like dissertations on how to run the business, how to take it forward. And the employer must take that seriously because the employer has the onus, the duty to respond to the alternatives that employees bring to the table. So the, and, and, and it can be anything. Um, scrap those tickets to, to uh, the rugby, to the soccer, to the box at wherever. Scrap the tickets to the ballet, to whatever. Um, take out the canteen. Let's, let's um, look at uh, uh, alternatives such as making our, making our lunch from home. Um, so yes, all, all of those. Look, at the moment, no sport is going to be played um, and we're not going to enjoy the theater and the arts. Um, so, you know, and for, that's, that's, another, <laughs> that's another huge debate. How do we support them um, during this time? But it's, it's one of those things where, as an employee, that would be the first thing that I would say, you know, um, all the leisure, all the, the sporting activities, all the um, social responsibility activities. Now your social responsibility is in-house. Um, so, yeah. That's, that's what we need. You know, that last point actually hits home. Let's say that, mm. I mean, the social responsibility, those are usually things that we do, you know, for, 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 the, for, for those who need our help the most. And now during this period where the organization is contemplating, you know, uh, retrenching because they are under financial pressure, they can't even help those um, others that they were able to help. Yo, I didn't actually think about this one. 
yeah. yeah. So, so one other question that I wanted to ask is, um, if an employer, uh, obviously we were in level five and level four uh, of our lockdown, and they were contemplating, or they had issued a notice uh, you know, of retrenchment in level five or level four, and now, and because they were not able to operate during that time, but now we're going into level three where industries and all the different sectors are now opening. Is that letter still valid or does the employer now need to do anything extra beyond, because, because now we're going into level three and they are now gonna be able to get an income? You know, that, that letter may still be valid. It's, it's dependent on um, uh, the reasons that the employer gave the employees. Um, what I would say, though, is that the employees then have greater alternatives to offer the employer at this stage, and it, they will continue to be greater. You know, you did say something um, previously, and, and I, and I um, forgot to take it up with you and reach out to you, and that was the timing of it all. You know that employers cannot dictate how long this is going to, how long the retrenchment process, the consultation process is going to take. They can't dictate that. Mm. Um, and that is something that that is um, discussed between the employees um, and the employer as to the timing of these dismissals. And you are perfectly within your rights as the employer or the employee to say, look, this is... Um, um, from inception, I contemplated your retrenchment, so I had to move forward with the process. Mm -hmm. But um, we're going to we're going to continue on through the lockdown levels and actually see um, what the reality is. You know, I've had employers come to me and they said no. Um, they because they can only open again in level one. They definitely want to retrench. Yeah. Um, so that the employees at least get some severance package because with the lockdown, they would not get a salary until level one. So that was their, their um, way of mitigating their adverse risk. And in that circumstances, we um, uh, told the employees about um, taking a higher severance pay when you volunteer your retrenchment. Oh. Look, Lelo, if the writing's on the wall, the writing's on the wall. Yeah. Don't 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 fight your employer um and 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 be negative about it when you can actually say, you know what, I agree, I've been redundant for the last four months. Mm. I can see it. Mm. Um I haven't done anything whilst I've been at home. And so um I'd like to volunteer my retrenchment. Mm. And then you can negotiate. And, and what's good about the negotiation is because there's a statutory minimum requirement in terms of severance pay. That statutory minimum is one week per completed year of service. Yeah. So you may be in your seventh year of service, but it will only pay you out six weeks because you're in the middle of your completed years of service. Um, in, in volunteering your retrenchment, you can say, hey, what about one and a half weeks and include my seventh week? Or what about two weeks and include my seventh week? So it gives you a little bit of, of um, negotiation power with that. And of course, I mean, six weeks as opposed to 14 weeks um, goes a long way. Um, it's double, it's more than double. A long way to assist you in in planning for the future. 
Yeah, but yeah, I'm just thinking about one week for every year of you know yes. service. It's not it's not a lot, <laughs> but <laughs> but it is what it is. The law is what it is, and I think what I've seen, like you were saying, is that some some companies do then entice you know you know people volunteering by offering more than just that that one week. Um, so Lighten, oh Lighten, just to say, because I was gonna ask if 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 he's got if he's got any question that he wants to add before I ask you something else. Lighten, do you have a question? Yes. Uh, so what I wanted to ask was that just in line with what we we're talking about earlier, was that uh, what uh, what is what is the employer's rights and also the employee's uh, rights when it comes to let's say they the no retrenchments per se, but then there's sort of like the reneg almost changing some of your, your payments, I think we touched on it earlier, like your salary, maybe lessening it a bit, but also um, not paying out your benefits so that the company saves money, um, saves money so that they can actually afford have enough cash flow to pay uh, em, em, employees for up until you know they get in, in a better place financially. Uh, what are the? I think there's a bit of confusion around that from uh, an employ an uh, an employee's perspective. Uh, could you enlighten us? Like, what are the rights and um, and a proper way to get around that? Yes, yeah, sure. So on uh, uh, petrol, um, it's uh, medical aid. It's your pension fund. Now, mm. you cannot not pay the pension fund. It's got to be paid over. It's, it's deemed as for if you do not pay the pension fund. It, it is incumbent into you in your income, into your salary. You get taxed on that. Also, I mean, it's tax, not a benefit. But um, if you do not pay over the employee's tax, like PAYE, UIF, um, then you are going to get the employee into terrible trouble, not because it hasn't been paid, but because they won't pay out. So in terms of the terms fund, they have, thank God, um, told us that um, they will not punish the employee because the employer has not paid UIF. But in terms of UIF, so now you're in retrenchment. This has got nothing to do with Tears Fund. This has got to do with I'm, I am dismissing you through no fault of your own. And you, as the employer, have not paid over the UIF that you have deducted from the employee's salary. You are in for, for, for trouble. Um, it, it's not going to be taken lightly. And the problem is, is that your poor employee is not going to get paid. So you, you're, you're, placing, you're placing almost a death warrant on your employee. Why would you do that? If you're now looking towards um, his leadership style um, in order to, to come out of COVID-19 um, on, um, uh, uh, after COVID-19, during COVID-19. Um, I certainly wouldn't make bad decisions like that. Um, yeah, in terms of medical aid, especially when this is a health emergency, um, a national disaster on a health um, uh, spectrum, I 
certainly would not not have medical aid and I, and I, and I think you're going to be very hard pressed to have made those changes um, and not get into trouble with the CCMA um, or the labor court or even the press um, and that's that's what is happening at the moment is that everybody's outing everybody else you know um, and you can't afford um, to have um, a bad press. Uh, a look at one of the, the biggest pharmaceuticals who have refused to pay rent and then get into trouble with competition for price gouging. I don't know anyone who has gone back to that shop to buy um, medicines and supplies. We've found alternatives because we are angry. Sure. This, you know, I think I think one one other thing, you know, what you're talking about now with medical aid just reminds me that even though uh, things are difficult and there's pressures and all of that, as an employer, you still have the responsibility to look after the well-being of your staff members up until the point that they are no longer working for you. So um, benefits like medical aid, those are things that you definitely do not play with, especially during this this pandemic that that we are dealing with. So, so Latin, do you have another question? What was that? Um, no, that the, I think you're going to get into some of the some of the things that I need to ask. I think it will come at the end. No, I'm, I am at the end. I wanted to ask. Oh, okay. Okay. So, in that case, um, I'll also like to know what um, what are different steps that um, employers of um, a smaller scale can take that. Uh, perhaps do not have the financial means uh, to keep on supporting. For example, like if you have a domestic at, at your home uh, and you are an employer in that regard, or if you run, um, let's say, a shop that only employs three people, what, um, what are some of the steps that the employers can take to make sure that they're protecting their, um, their employees, but also taking in fact that they might not actually have uh, the big uh, corporation money that other larger companies have? You know, it's difficult, um, but you still have to look after your employees in terms of the law and ignorance of the law is no excuse. Mm -hmm. So if you are wanting to return your employee, um, you have to do it in accordance with section 189 of the LRA. And your failure to do that um, will also get you um, to the CCMA, um, where the CCMA practices social justice. So it's a, it's a, um, it's trying to uh, correct the societal wrongs. Um, so you are you are wrong if you do not retrench your domestic worker correctly. And in terms of Section One Eight Nine, also there are. You know, every industry has, or every, every, uh, there are industries that have different um, uh, standards. For instance, um, for, for a domestic worker, and, and I need to come back to you on it, but I'm sure it's not one year compensation for every uh, year one, work, okay. year work. I think it's two years. So um, there are different standards, and those, those need to um, be known by the employers before um, they embark on retrenchment. You know, retrenchment is when you don't need a domestic worker. And let me tell you that you do need a domestic worker. You do need your gardener. 
you know, you do need your receptionist because who else is going to pick up the phone and take the the nonsense that some of those callers um, throw your way? It is your receptionist. You are not going to do it yourself. Um, and who is going to, to do the ironing, the bane of my existence? It is your domestic worker. It, it's not... Just because you retrench them does not mean that their position does not exist. It still exists in your house. And therefore, your retrenchment is wrong. It's wrong, both substantively and procedurally. You can run a beautifully procedural retrenchment unless you get a full and final settlement from your employee by paying them more, asking them to volunteer their retrenchment you are going to get into, again, serious trouble at the CCMA. Sure. And, and Natasha, you are available for all these small businesses that may require advice, or are you only for the big ones, for the big guys? <laughs> I'm absolutely available at this time. Um, I think from big to small, they all need the, sometimes they all need the same advice um, um, and the same experience. Um, and as I said, I mean, I, I'm experienced in this. Um, not one of my retrenchments has gone to the labor court wherein my process was found wanting. So um, I am definitely available to assist employers um, in, in getting it right and, and trying to be as fair as possible in these circumstances. Yeah, and I think really what the law is about the law is all about fairness, just finding and, and making sure that the, the process, whatever process we follow is fair. And and I think now there will be more sensitivity because when employee, employers are retrenching during this period, we are making our unemployment rates worse than what it is currently. I mean, you were saying it could go up to about 50, 60%. We don't know, I mean, given how things are going. So, so just my one last question from my side, Natasha, is... If I was to, if you, if I was to ask you to give employers that are having difficult uh, times right now and are contemplating retrenchment and they they still haven't started yet, but they, what what advice would you give to them? What is the one piece of advice that you say if you start thinking of retrenchment as a possibility uh, because of financial pressures to your company? This is my one big advice. My, my um, advice is this. You cannot eat um, an elephant all at once. It's got to be small bites at a time. Um, and also be very sure in terms of making um, this big step. And let me tell you, retrenchment is huge. It affects all the staff, those that remain and those that go. You've got to be very sure that you're only doing this once. Don't do it twice, three times, four times over. It's not, it's not a good plan for your company's morale um, and, and those people who are, your, who are going to be let go. It's, it's not great. Um, so if you are going to, to, to follow the process, you follow the process, emotional maturity, um, and and provenance to to ensure that it can only it will only be done once. That's such good advice, 
And I think you are so correct when you say it does not only affect the people that you end up letting go, but it even affects the people that stay behind as well. And I think the biggest risk with following this process is you might decide that I've got my people who are top talent, who are critical to my business. I will not touch them based on whatever criteria obviously is agreed upon. But those people might be spooked by this process and end up leaving the organization as well. Exactly. Exactly. I've had people say to me, you know what, um, uh, I was chosen to, to be retrenched. And then they asked me to come back and, um, and work again. And I walked in there and it was like a morgue. I walked straight out of there again. So yes, you've, you've, got, to, you've got to go into this really carefully, knowing exactly what you're going to do um, and how you're going to lead this company out of COVID-19. Well, thank you so, so much, Natasha. I think everything that you've shared today will definitely help, um, I mean, employers, big and small out there that are possibly, you know, thinking about what to do in, in these difficult times. So where do they get hold of you if they need to consult with, with, with you and your, your business? Lelo, they um, can find me on the web. Um, and, and I would suggest that they... Um, uh, look at all the interviews um, that I have done previously over the span of three years to try and get a feel for um, the way labor law is supposed to be practiced and the way that I practice labor law. And then obviously on my website is my number and my email address. The best possible way of getting hold of me is via natasha at moni.co.za. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. And we will put your, your website details on, on the description for the podcast as well so that they can see the details and be able to click from there. Thank you so, so much. Lighten, is there anything you want to say besides thank you? This has been awesome. Thank you so much, Natasha. I think you've given actually both employers and employees such valuable information. So we really thank you for that. Okay, awesome. pleasure. Thanks, Natasha. Until we meet again, guys.